Hey, I want to jump on here real quick and give a big shout out to my buddy Colt Naring. Um, if you're looking for a good custom built saddle that fits mules and fits you, you need to check out Colt Saddlery. You find him on Facebook, Colt Saddlery, and uh, tell him Ty sent you. He will take good care of you. All right, friends, welcome to the Everyday Mulemanship Podcast. My name is Ty Evans. And uh, coming to you from Portland, North Dakota today. We just finished up a clinic here in in Portland, and uh, it's been good. And I got a special guest today, my friend John Sklarski from Big Creek Horse and Mule out of Lakeville, Minnesota. Did I get all that right? That's right. <laughs> okay. So John just rode in the clinic with me. We spent three days, had a lot of fun, played in the mud, played in the rain. Now we're sitting in the humidity. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's been been pretty fun. So, anyways, John, thanks for agreeing to be on here. Yeah, of course, it's an honor. Yeah, I've known John for a few years now, and shoot, I think I talked to you about being on here like earlier this winter mm-hmm. or this past winter. Yep. And I said, hey, I want to have you as a guest, and and I prefer to do them in person if I can, like this, rather than over the phone or something. They just sound better, or they usually sound better, but my my fancy. Rich guy Mike broke, so I'm I'm back to just recording on the cell phone here, and so excuse the audio. And then we got there's kids outside and people all around, and so you may get some interruptions, but you know what? This is real life, isn't it? That's right. There might be a mule getting loose, or you you never know what happens. So, anyways, John, I'm glad you're here. Um, let's just uh, let's just start shooting the bull here. Um, about uh, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? Why don't you tell us? A little bit about what you do, you and your wife, and uh, a little bit about Big Creek Course and Mule, and let's just kind of roll from there. Sure, yeah. My name's John Sklarski. My wife's name is Kelly, and we we started a, a training business uh, called Big Creek Course and Mule out in Lakeville, and we we just uh, we train for the public. We keep it small. We keep it, uh, you know, just just me and Kelly do the work on the horses and mules. Mm-hmm. We don't have anybody working for us, and uh, that way we can we can pay attention to them and give them what they need. And uh, our our business is a little different. We do try to we we get the the customer involved as much as possible. You know the the client, the person that brings us the horse or the mule. We try to get them involved, get them to come out with us. You know, learn from us, ride for, ride with us, things like that. So, yeah. well, you do a good job, everybody. If somebody calls me from, I call this the land of the great north. <laughs> yeah. uh, anybody calls from up here wanting some help training or whatever, I send them your way. And mm-hmm. I don't know how many of those folks actually end up calling you. Yeah, quite a few actually. Uh, yeah, I really but, appreciate it. We've had a few. There's only a few trainers in this country that I, you know, know well enough to recommend. You know, and so glad to call you a friend. And so. You and I do things quite a lot alike. You know, the first time I met you, you come to a clinic, I think. Well, the first time I met you was in Bishop, California. Yeah, that's right. We were yep. screwing around there. And the, <laughs> yep. uh, uh, what did we enter? We entered all the, the Dolly Parton race. Yep, bedroll yep. race. Bedroll race. We've, yeah, and yep. um, I had, had forgotten about that till you uh-huh. had reminded me when you came out to St. Croix. And yep. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, all yeah. the dangerous, fun classes. Yeah, we had... <laughs> At Bishop, if you guys yeah. never been to Bishop Mule Days, and John, you're originally from California. That's right. So yeah. Bishop is a little bit more like home to you. Yep. And uh, if you guys have never been to Bishop Mule Days, they got to go. 
um, because it's it's there's a lot of mules there. Yeah, a lot of mules lot there. Of mules. And there's a lot to do. They got stuff for everybody, whether you what you rain or whether you want to do the goofy stuff like you and I did, or yep. you want to go pack or whatever. There's there's stuff mm-hmm. for everybody. So, what would you did you do anything out there besides the fun classes screwing around? We did some of the the more serious classes, mm-hmm. you know, some of the uh, pleasure classes. Occasionally, we did a few, and some of the trail obstacle course type ones, mm-hmm. things like that. So just depended on the mule that we were bringing up there and kelly's parents had been going up there for a very long time yeah because big creek horse and mule um has actually been in business for quite some time it was a a a breeding uh they they bred and raised uh, gated horses and mules um and then they did a lot of their showing and selling there at bishop california oh really Mm -hmm. nice so has kelly who who got into mules first? You or Kelly or how, Oh yeah, definitely. Let's back up. How'd you how'd you get into all this? Yeah, definitely Kelly. She you know, I've been around mules and things like that through through my childhood, but I never really you know, knew of them as being used for riding stock. You know, it was always pack stock or things like that. You know, growing up in the Sierra Nevada, I saw the pack mules, worked around some of the pack mules, things like that. Never really thought of riding them until I met Kelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had some really nice riding mules, and they were kind of known. Big Creek was known for, for that. So, um, yeah, Kelly's definitely responsible for introducing me to mules. We were, uh, while you was over helping Jay do chores, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Kelly told us about when you guys fell in love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she yeah. said that he, she yeah. she said you was having a hard time loading a thoroughbred horse <laughs> in right. a two-horse trailer yeah. and uh, she said you was at your wits end and she come and help you and it t- she said it still took a heck of a long time her helping yeah, you. Yeah, it did. But she says it was true love. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's how it worked Actually, out. that's yeah. not quite how yeah. she said it. But I'm sure with stars in her eyes she told you that story. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> No, she, yeah, Kelly's, she's my best friend, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah, we met there and uh, it was her parents' ranch where Kelly grew up um, on the ranch there in Santa Clarita. Mm-hmm. And uh, her parents finally just, you know, started kind of downsizing things. The girls all went off to their own lives and things. So Kelly was in college or returning from college. And that's when we met uh, basically at the property sale, uh, the people that were buying the property were friends of mine and they asked me to live there as kind of the caretaker so that's how i found or met kelly and then yeah she she did help me with that thoroughbred horse <laughs> he was he was a tough one to get in the trailer all right <laughs> so did you grow up riding a lot did you did you have horses mules or anything in your childhood or when did you get into riding quite a lot no it's a you know interesting story you know i mean I don't know, I guess it, it probably started with pony rides at the fair. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, my, my family didn't have horses or mules or anything, It's uh, but I always was drawn to them. You know, I always thought that they were interesting, and, you know, um, growing up near Los Angeles County, the suburbs of Los Angeles County, not really known for, for, for horses, but there are a lot of horse ranches there. And, you know, there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of horse trainers. There's a lot of people looking for help. So basically is, you know, my dad told me, well, if you want to be around horses, you know, they're quite expensive. So you're going to have to work 
and you know find a way to pay for it all you know you want a truck trailer you work it you work ranches you get you make money and you can you can buy your horse and things like that so that's kind of what I did for a while I just kind of jumped around from ranch to ranch gathered knowledge from you know different trainers mm -hmm. and you know worked feeding cleaning stalls things like that to pay for you know horse riding lessons and training lessons and sh and sessions and things like that mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. Sounds like you had a good dad. Tell you get out there and work. <laughs> That's right. I, Says boy, get out there and work. If you want a horse, go buy your own, dude. Yeah, it 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 was a you know, it 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 gave me a really good work work ethic. You know, he oh, yeah. he, he instilled uh, a hard work ethic in me for sure, and I appreciate that to this day. You know. Yeah. What did he do for a living? Uh, so both of us, uh, he he worked in uh, corporate aviation, hmm. so he still does. Uh, we did. Uh, corporate jet interiors uh out in van nuys california wow so that's that's basically what we what we did was we we outfitted you know golf streams and lear jets and things for people to to fly around the, the world and uh that's what he still does now so which was also a great opportunity for me because i i met a lot of really interesting people and then so so now he so he's making fancy jets and yep. and you're making fancy horses now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I I enjoy this this life very much, yep. So growing up in California, did you have a lot of exposure to California vaquero tradition stuff? I did. Yeah, actually uh I got to I was very fortunate to see I I routinely i drive up to santa barbara santa inez you know paso mm -hmm. robles and things like that and i got exposed to it you know um bruce sandifer you know uh pat puckett those kind of guys mm -hmm. were pretty pretty big around there so i got to see a lot of clinics and things uh other other mm -hmm. of these guys doing this stuff and it it was fascinating to me what they could get done mm -hmm. with such a soft touch you know so you Old Pat Puckett, he's a he's an interesting fellow. Yes, he is. Yeah, he, he's he's good with with the horse, and uh, but he's trying afraid to tell you how he feels about you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I noticed that. Yeah, yeah, he definitely has. I've seen him talk talk to people, and he just he he just lets it out. <laughs> he has no filter there. He's he's not afraid of yep. telling you how he feels. Mm -hmm. So, um, not those of you listening that don't know John already, um. John more or less practices this great Great Basin slash California tradition here, and you kind of have a twist of your own. You do your own little thing here or there, but more or less, you know, if somebody wanted to know, okay, well, what discipline? How do you ride? What do you do? That's what John does. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, what what intrigues you about th that style of riding? Because you know we're in North Dakota right now, yeah, and. This stuff is not common here. This, you know, right? You know, today I, I rode in Hackamore out here, and I mean, you're not going to see that here a whole lot, right? You know, and you're not going to see a bridle bit out here, and you're not going to see these, mm -hmm. you know, wade saddles are not common. So, and you live in Minnesota, yep. So, um, anyways, I guess what I'm trying to get what intrigues you about it? What do you like so much about that tradition? Why do you do it? Well, it started off as, you know, I noticed the Vaquero riders out in California, that just uh, there was something different in the way that they rode. Very soft, very light, 
like we were talking about today, some of those movements that I'm still working on and mm-hmm. learning. We, we try our best to get better, but I was drawn to it because the things that you could do with a horse without forcing, without manipulating, without, you know, intimidation, you know, oh, yeah. it's, a, it's a totally different kind of, of horsemanship, you know, and, and that I just think is, I think that's just really cool, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, I remember uh, when I was a young child, the first time I'd ever seen a a real buckaroo. And, of course, I didn't know he's called a buckaroo then. Huh. And I didn't know he's riding a bridle horse then. But I remember this fella come riding in. And I, we'd always go help at brandings, you know. We'd go help with these brandings and stuff. And, and uh, you know, of course, I'm just punk kid. So I just work on the ground. I don't get to rope. I don't mm-hmm. get to do that. I don't get to do that stuff. I'm mm-hmm. just there, you know. Ham a knife, ham vaccine, whatever. And this guy comes in and he, and he just got some finesse with this horse. And I could just tell, even as a child, there that that guy could ride. And of course, he could rope real good too. And so that made him even more intriguing, right? He could rope, and I thought, man, that's cool. That was the first time I'd ever seen anybody operate that way, or ride that way, or use that gear. Can you remember the first time you ever saw anybody? ride that way or use that gear or influence you can you recall any of that oh yeah definitely um out i I don't remember the name of the ranch they kind of moved around occasionally but there there used to be a or there i think there still is there's a a gathering of folks you know guys like buck brenneman uh the the roping Mm -hmm. you know the vaquero style roping that they do and i just happened to be in town i don't remember what town somewhere near santa barbara i believe and I said, oh, I should go in and check this out. And uh, I watched these guys ride, and, it, you know, it was effortless. You know, the, the movements, the, the, you know, lateral movements, you know, tracking oh, yeah. a cow down the fence kind of thing. You know, I mean, it was effortless. You know, most of these guys were straight up in the bridle, you know, one-handed, you know, swinging a rope nice and slow and calm, you know, not like a breakaway style. Just a nice, easy swing, you know, a nice, easy catch. Didn't get the cattle riled up. Didn't get them running around in a in a in a big flurry of dust or anything. And mm-hmm. and I said, Wow, I want to do that. <laughs> I want to be able to do that one day. Yeah. So, you know, and that's I, I think that's what kind of put me on this path of, you know, and we were laughing about it earlier how, you know, first it starts with the snaffle bit, you know, and then you start moving on to the hackmore and and then two rain and then a bridle and you know the the journey the journey is what's cool you know i mean i think that's what's what the what what calls to this for me is the journey so got it <clears throat> you got to enjoy the journey if, yeah. you, if you don't enjoy the journey it's a different experience but that's my favorite part is enjoying the journey um we were you know like i said we were joking earlier because spent all this time making a bridle mule or a bridle horse and then you finally get it made, and you're like, "Well, yeah. I'm gonna get something else to work." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'll, I give I'll it to put this one away for a yeah, while. Yeah, <laughs> I give it to my give it to my kids, and and then they, yeah, they make it a very dulled down bridal <laughs> mule. But uh, okay, so so you grow up in California, you're exposed to this California tradition, and um, you know, I grew up on the other side of the hill. We call it the hill, but the Sierras. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm from the Great Basin. And traditionally, the main difference between the Californios and the Buckaroos is 
the use of a snaffle bit. Mm-hmm. You know, on my side of the hill, we use snaffle bits, and um, on on your side of the hill, um, we you, you don't. Hey, Swayze. We're recording. We're recording. Hold on a second, folks. We got to deal with a kid here. <laughs> All right, we got her out of here. Swayze. <laughs> yep. That's the way it is in real life. <laughs> this is real life. I told you it wasn't a mule getting out, but no. we have a kid interrupting. Mm-hmm. But she, now she's over there crying about her color stuff. But what I was saying was on on the California side, you know, the snaffle bit is not as common. Mm-hmm. What? Where do you fall in that? Do you use? Well, I know you use snaffle bits because you're right in here yep. with a snaffle bit. Um, so I, I guess I just answered my own question there. But where do you come in with that? We do. Uh, you know, we. I haven't had the. I haven't really started that many colts, you know, mm-hmm. in, in my career yet. You know, that's kind of a new thing to me. Uh, so we usually do start them in the snaffle bit because I've noticed that it just it just gives them a little bit. It, it's a little easier. I don't want to use that as a, you know, a, like a cop out or anything, but it, it is easier to use the snaffle bit. It gives them a little bit more direction, a little bit more precision. Of course, all the first rides that we put on our colts, we usually do it just in a in a halter, you know. And but as they progress a little bit, we'll we'll get them packing that snaffle bit right away because it 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 is a little bit easier. I think they find the feel a lot quicker. It it, it is easier. You're right. It takes <clears throat> you got to be pretty handy to get it done in Hackamore. And I know a lot of guys that do start them in Hackamore. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of respect for them, but I'm. I'm not that caliber <laughs> because <laughs> it takes quite a hand. I like that snaffle. I like the direction it gives. Yep. You know, we we talked about that in the clinic today. Remember, we mm-hmm. you know the how that snaffle bit functions, and you know you you get your direct pull, but you also get an indirect push. You know, and and I use the example of getting my daughter to look at a deer and grabbing her by the head <laughs> and turning her head right and. That same daughter that just interrupted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's looking up in the sky. Yep. And, and I grab her head and I'm, there's the deer right there. And uh, but that's the snaffle bit. I said a joke. Swayze's in the snaffle bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, in the hackamore, you give that, you give the direct pull up. I mean, you're still using a direct pull with your rein, but however, there's not a, there's not, it's not attached to. You know, you don't have a bit in their mouth. You don't have that direct pull on the bar. That's right. And so that's the big difference there. So. Yeah, I just noticed it. It seems like the horse is searching a little bit, yep. you know, without that direct feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I definitely have respect for for people that start a horse in the Hackmore. Yeah, mm-hmm. if they can get it done. Mm-hmm. If they can get all the moves going, that's impressive. Yes, um, you know, and typically for those fellows, they spend a long time in the Hackmore. Where I get that snaffle bit, I spend a long time in the snaffle bit. I spend mm-hmm. two or three years on a colt in the snaffle bit, and then I go to Hackmore, and I'm only in the Hackmore a year. So that's kind of the difference in in those traditions there. So, um, so yeah, you you grow up in California. You're around this stuff, your your whole childhood, right? And then mm-hmm. you you meet Kelly later on, and you fell in love. Yeah, yeah. And now you're in Minnesota. Yep. So, what's yeah. the what is the connection here? That's a long way from California. That is, yeah, it is a long way, so. and it, it sure does get cold here. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. And and as we saw today, rainy and muddy. Oh man. Yeah, the mud was pretty good today. <laughs> oh, that mud! It, 
you know, the weather here hasn't been that bad. Mm-mm. The weather's been actually just fine. I mean, it rained a little bit, but, I mean, that arena doesn't have anywhere to drain to. Right. It is a muddy arena. Yep. So you did it. You yep. hung in yeah, there. Yeah, definitely. Our, our survival rate, <laughs> I better not say that in the podcast because they might think differently, but I call it the survival rate. Who actually sticks it out to the last day? That, that's why I say my survival rate. Right. We started with nine and ended with four of you in the arena. <laughs> So, yep. so we had a few that couldn't quite hang in there with the mud. I don't blame them, but anyways, I, yeah. Yeah, I actually thought it was it was fun. You know, the, the horses actually, I felt as my horse had to really find its feet today. Yeah, you know, out there. got it, to pay it, attention. It, yep, it, it, it actually made them real efficient. Uh, they had to find where they were setting and picking up their feet. So some of the moves were hard to time, if anything. Yep. Because of the mud, but I actually think it helped. It helped. It was a good experience, actually. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. The temperature's been pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, back to you and Kelly here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so you're in Minnesota. So how how did you go from California to Minnesota? Yeah. So, like I said, we uh, the ranch there where Kelly grew up was for sale, and mm-hmm. I moved in there and as the caretaker of the property, and. You know, her and I worked that horse together. We finally did get that horse in the trailer, and we got him sold. <laughs> <laughs> got him in the trailer, got him sold. Pretty promptly after yeah. getting him in the trailer. Lived happily loading, ever after. You know, yeah, once he got loading in that trailer well, we said, yeah, well, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll sell him. And <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, no, Kelly's background is, is quite interesting. You know, she I learn a lot from Kelly. Uh, a, a lot of what I do today was from Kelly. Um, she actually went to college up in Northern California, Feather River College. Yeah. And, uh, Kelly's quite a hand. Uh, she, she knows her stuff. She, growing up on that farm too with her parents, you know, her ranch there in California, um, uh, she had a lot of exposure with mules and gated horses and gated mules, of course. And, um, she went to that college up North and, and she, she knows what she's doing. So when, when we started living at that ranch, we kind of started a small business. We restarted Big Creek Horse and Mule because the, the parents and the, the friends kind of backed out of it. it. It was still still a business, but it wasn't an active business. They mm-hmm. had sold off all their stock. Um, the, the jack that they had was aging. And uh, so we, we kind of asked, hey, can we, we restart this business? And, but we want to do training. And the family agreed, sure, yeah, let's let's get it going again. So we put the time in, the effort, the insurances, all the everything you need to do it to do it right, and we got it open and and running again. And we just started small, you know. We take one or two horses in for training, because both of us had day jobs and this and that, and uh, we 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 gained a lot of experience and we made some really nice mules and some really nice co- connections. And uh, we just kind of took it from there. Well, California being so expensive, um, we decided, hey, let's let's maybe get out of California. We just can't afford it here. Oh, you know, yeah. even if we went full time with training, even if I went, you know, like I was still full time working on fancy airplanes, even that's not enough to make a good wage there and a good living. So. Uh, Kelly has parents, her parents are here and, and her sisters moved here. So 
we said, well, let's let's give Minnesota a try. You know, it can't be all that bad or that cold. <laughs> you were wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it really is that cold, yeah, it, huh? It really does. And then in yeah. the summer, it's also that yeah, hot. Yeah, it gets really humid here, yep. and, and it gets really cold. And uh, that took some adjusting. But, you know, living here isn't that bad. I mean, yeah, occasionally mm-hmm. my Makati's turn into pigtails <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with this humidity and things. But uh, it... It, it has been a good experience. You know, there's a lot of water here. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of opportunity, actually, for riding here. Uh, we, we can make some pretty pretty good broke horses here, you know, going through the creeks and the rivers. And there's a lot of wildlife that I, I didn't normally get to see out in California. So they get to see a lot on the trail. And that's what most people are interested in here. You know, most of them are interested in, in trail horses and mules. Are those your, is that your main clientele? Trail, trail riders? Yep, pretty much. Yeah, I, I would say 75%. You know, mm-hmm. we get some, lately we've been getting um, some jumping horses, mostly just starting them on patterns, small jumps, you know, st- starting them on, on their, uh, you know, on their way to bigger stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't do the big jumping and things like that, but we just get them riding balanced and centered, you know, like you said today, they all need to know that. Yeah. So. <clears throat> now you got a you got a interesting trait. It's pretty unique, and um, it's a mark of a good horseman. You're really you're really flat. <laughs> <laughs> you're level headed. Yeah. You're easy going. You don't get riled. As I watch yeah. you work and I watch you, you know you 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 played around with the donkey here you're riding a client's <laughs> horse you're you, you had another client here with their mule and you got well, a couple of mules and you're mm-hmm. you know you got a real good head on you now that doesn't just that doesn't just happen um that doesn't just happen like you don't you know you, you don't just have that um some people think that you're born with it and i don't mm-hmm. i think it takes a heck of a lot of work and i think you can be level-headed in some things and not in others for example, me, you've watched me in a few clinics. I have a lot of patience with people and with animals. Yeah. But boy, if this we're sitting in my freight line right now. And if this GPS says recalculating, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> like, I ain't, that, yeah. that ain't happening. Like, yeah. we ain't recalculating people. Yeah. Like, you know, because I got this big rig and I, you know what I mean? Yep. Uh are are you are you this mellow in your everyday life? Uh, are you? Because you also you you, you still work a day job doing construction. Yep. And uh, and you got family. You got I mean you got other responsibilities outside mm-hmm. of your horse and mule world. Yep. Are you level headed all the time? For the most part, yes. There are certain things that that get me riled up to. Uh, electronics would be one of them, you know, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. You know, Kelly, you know, she's she's my best friend and she's a great business partner. You know, I I couldn't do this without her. Yep. Just like Sky is for you. You know, she. Oh yeah. She handles, I'm sure, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. You know, mm-hmm. and I see her here at the clinics and. And uh, Kelly's the same. You know, Kelly Kelly handles all the Facebook stuff and the posts. I mean, you know, frankly, most of that Facebook stuff just ticks me off. You know? <laughs> it really does. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, yep. I, somebody sends me a, a message and it's, it's, I always look at it and I interpret it wrong, you know. And, yep. and I feel like, you know, well, what are they talking about? You know, what, what do they mean? You mm-hmm. know, and Kelly's like, they're just asking a question. <laughs> yep. 
but uh, you know Kelly, yeah, Kelly's she's she's really my best friend in this and the best business partner I could have because she really does, you know, keep this thing going. And uh, but no, there there are definitely things you know that that get me riled up. <laughs> Uh, late deliveries, you know, <laughs> yep. on a job site can yep. do it. You know, if I'm expecting uh, something to come in on time and it, mm -hmm. I got two or three guys staring at me, you know, that'll get me going because mm -hmm. <laughs> somebody's paying for that time and it, you know, that reflects badly on our on my second business. Yeah. So. So so what I'm, what I was getting at is you know you don't just get to be that way like you're mm -hmm. not you don't just you're not just that way. I don't think anybody no. is. So, uh, gr growing up, you know, you mentioned your dad and telling you to go buy your own horse, yep. go do your own thing. Um, did your parents teach you? Was is your dad kind of an easygoing fella, uh, yeah. or your mom, or uh, where did you kind of get that? Yeah, I, I from. I grew up, you know, mostly with my father. He was, you know, he was my biggest influence, you know, and he. He's also pretty level-headed, so I, I think a lot of that came from him. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, that he he's very flat as well. Yeah. Um, so maybe some of that was learned from him. Um, but, no, I practice it, you know. I mean, I have to practice it every day. And there are certain horses, and there's been certain meals that I just, I, I can't do it. I can't do this one, you know. Yeah. And, and Kelly will have to, to, to take over because... And maybe they get they get along better. I've mm -hmm. seen it. You know, there's some of them that that she can just she can take over, and they work together just fine. So I think there's a lot of, you know, some people get so offended if they don't get along with a mule or mm -hmm. they don't get along with a horse, and they feel guilty that it's not working out for them, or you know, they, they feel guilty like they shouldn't move on. But mm -hmm. you know, I've had a lot of mules that uh, even me. With all the what people think that I should be, which is interesting, <laughs> what people think that I should be, <laughs> but um, that I don't get along with too. I, I don't get along with them, so I, I move on. I mean, I can, I shouldn't say I don't get along. I can get along with about anything, but really progress or uh, to my liking. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, I don't get along. So, do you do you think there's some meals and some people that just don't get along? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and and it takes. It takes a real special person to, to acknowledge that, you yep. know, like that, that happened here this weekend with, with the client mule that we had here, mm -hmm. you know, she just realized that it wasn't, it ain't going to work it out. It wasn't, I had that mule in training with us for, for two months mm -hmm. and he was darn good for me. Yep. Um, but she realized that I, maybe I just don't get along with it, Yeah. you know, and, and that, that can draw tears that can draw emotions, you know, I mean, that, that, that I've seen a few times and it, and it's real, real hard. It's hard to take. It's hard to, to, to say that it's hard to say, yeah, you know, I think I should just sell this one, you know, that is tough. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, it just ain't going to work out, mm -hmm. but you know what, there's, there's something else that you'll get along with and there's somebody else that they'll get along with. Yeah, that's correct. Like, so, yep. so I think a lot of people think, well, if, if I can't get along with me, who are they going to get along with? Well, mm -hmm. there's somebody else out there that may be better fit for the mule than you are. Yep. You know, that you're right. That is hard to acknowledge that. Yeah. So, And that's something that we try really hard to do, Big Creek here. Mm -hmm. We, uh, we, when we do sell animals, you know, we, 
we try to match them as best we can. You know, there's there's been several people that that have come in to look at a horse or a mule, and we say, I don't think this one will be right for you. Mm-hmm. I'll show it to you, but I don't think it's going to be the right one. You know, I can just tell by their experience level. You know, even by the the way that they walk in. The, so, the questions they ask. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> when Sky and I were selling a lot of mules, and we sold a lot, you know, back in the day, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it it was tough because some people would call and they were wanting to send money. I want that mule. Like we haven't been here, and we had a policy. Well, we developed a policy that said, you know, I can't sell this mule to you until you come ride it. If you don't ride this mule, I ain't selling it to you. You can't buy it over the phone. You know? mm. Nowadays, it's online. They want to. You won't even get a phone call from them. They'll <laughs> want to be buying it. Yeah. You know, well, on your <laughs> on that Facebook Messenger yeah. that makes you so happy. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. That. That. Thankfully, <laughs> that's what Kelly handles very yeah. well for us. Yep. Yes. For sure. Can I just Venmo it to you? <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, but I, I had them ride everything. So, yeah. you know, when you guys sell a mule, what's the process? So you got a mule for sale, and maybe you try to sneak it on Facebook, right, because they don't let you post for sale on Facebook. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, you could post the ad, and you, as long as you're not doing prices, you mm-hmm. know, they, they kind of leave it Won't alone. get flagged. Yeah, so they, they contact us directly. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the process, and then... You know, of course, we post as many videos and things, uh, you know, of whatever equitation the, the animal is into or good at, you know. So uh, as we, Kelly and I do a lot of, the, of these kind of things. We do clinics and we do um, trail rides and camping often. So if they're good at it, then we get as many videos and pictures and things and we post them online and then uh, people contact us directly and and I'm starting to develop that same uh, same thing that you did. You know, I'm trying to get people to come down and ride them. Come ride with me for a while. Yeah, they got to ride yep. with you. You know, and if you're listening and you're thinking about buying a mule, go ride. Mm-hmm. And if, if the seller doesn't want you to ride them too, then that's a nice sign to look somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, that's a red because flag. Because anybody, <laughs> a, a, good, a good businessman like yourself and a good... You know, you got good morals in your business, and you you try to do things right, and you want a good fit, not just for the human, but for that mule or horse. Mm-hmm. You want them to come ride. Yes. You would just love it if they'd come ride with you, and you'd love it if they come ride multiple yeah. days with you. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And and if if we're very transparent, very honest folks with our with our sales as well, because we do get a wide variety of 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 mules and horses in. Uh, some of them are older. Some of them might have pre-existing conditions, you know. And yeah. if we know about them, we we put that right in the ad. We try our best. If we know that there's a condition, we we say that with total honesty. You know, that way the the buyer knows what they're getting. Yeah. So. Our favorite thing when we were selling <laughs> was <laughs> I say it tongue in cheek, right? Uh, was if say we get a mule in. And it and and we weren't getting along with it, and it wasn't, you know, a, a great mule for a lot of people, a green mule, maybe a little bit of troubled, and you know, and and you know, we weren't wanting to put the time into it, so we we offered it for sale pretty cheap, yeah. right? So we would get, you know, you'd put a mule for sale for a thousand bucks, and man, you'd get a million calls, oh, yeah. right? And is it? 
do you think it'd be good for my kids? You think it'd be good for my, you know, uh, I got a handicapped uncle. You think it'd be good? No, no, yeah. no, yeah. man. Do you? Uh, <laughs> but, but that was, you know, we we only had the, the most trouble when we were selling some of those mules for lower prices and just mm-hmm. trying to move them, and uh, because we weren't interested in, in continuing continuing on with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys don't do a lot of that, mm-hmm. but um, what? Uh, What's the, what kind of mule or horse are you guys selling? I mean, how far along are these critters? What, what, what are you selling? What level are you selling it, on here? Yeah, it depends. You know, a lot of them are, you know, clients of ours that, that had a mule or a horse that they didn't get along with, like we were talking about. Yeah. You know, and they came in for, for uh, training, and, they, you know, they got to be pretty handy. You know, and oftentimes, depending on the year, we would we would be taking them to places like this, clinics, camping trips, trail rides, things like that, as often as we can instead of just pounding miles in an arena. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, because getting them out into the actual wild is where they, where most of, the, of our folks want to be. They want to ride. So most of them come in on training, and then, like I said, they don't get along. We put them on consignment, on sale. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that that's that's how we do that you know they they come in and that's kind of what that what we get we mostly get older horses that have actually had some really good training there's very very few times we get young horses that don't you know that don't work out so most of our young horses get get started well and Mm -hmm. and they go back home and they 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 make good they they have good careers so nice Mm -hmm. so in your training program are you, uh, you know, you just kind of mentioned a little bit, you get a lot of older horses in. Are you, uh, do you guys advertise yourselves as, as colt starters? Or you you kind of do tune-up deals? Or what, what's your main bread and butter with your training business? What, what do you work on most? Yeah, late, lately we've, we've been asked to do a lot more colt starting. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not what we, what we advertise. Definitely not, you know, it, it, I enjoy it, and it's a great journey to bring a young horse up and and get it going. Um, but that is not what we advertise. Most of it is tune-ups. Most of it's been you know older horses that need needed a little bit of riding, a little bit of miles, maybe some bad behavior stuff. You know, won't stand still to saddle, won't stand still to get on. You know, all those little things like that. Um, but I think a lot of people have noticed that hey you know these guys are pretty good at starting colts they make nice patient horses um but we require a long a long period of time a commitment you know i i'm not going to guarantee oh yeah we'll get your horse going in 30 days 30 day wonder (laughs) man wonder oh yeah so you know we we at least start with two or three you know even four months you know depending on you know what we're working with the demeanor of the horse and everything some of them take to it really well and then after 30 days you know they're actually doing pretty good oh yeah um and then now we're just riding them and putting time on them and getting them sharper and more precise and everything um but yeah i think most of our cold starting has just been kind of through word of mouth do you do you prefer cult starting or do you prefer your tune-ups like what's funner to you to show up and kind of work a horse that that somebody's already kind of maybe 
Yeah. Maybe you kind of messed up a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Do, do, you, do you like the do you like the problem solving puzzle, or do you like to build fresh in a cult starter? So that that is an interesting thing because that that's where Kelly and I make such a good team. Mm-hmm. You know, K- Kelly she went to college for that. You know, at her, at her college, her they they issued her several cults, and that's what they did. You know, you had a certain period of time to start cults, mm-hmm. and then make them viable, you know, auction horses, and then they sold them at a sale at the end of the year. Awesome. You, you, had, the, you had the ability to either buy them or, or sell them off. And some of these, I mean, Kelly's sold a few at her auction that were, were pretty high. So that's Kel- kind of Kelly's bread and butter. She loves starting. She likes, she likes cult starts, huh? Yep, she loves cult starts. And then, and I tend to kind of, maybe it's the patience, maybe it's the, just the, understanding of a troubled horse you know i i work not that kelly can't do it she's really good at that too but i like to just take the time and slow them down and see the problems and 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 see the trouble in their eyes and their body i think i can do that really well i can kind of see them okay what are what are they what are they looking for here yeah you know you know the one thing the world needs more of is people like that that you recognize your skills because there's a lot of trainers i mean you know me i go all over the world doing this and i meet a lot of trainers and i see trainers every week and there's a lot of trainers that are the just bring me whatever mm-hmm. and they're well i'm not saying that's bad to to have whatever i'm just what i'm getting at is a lot of people don't recognize a true skill and then don't build upon the, the skill if you can get known for something particular boy it just i mean that's a heck of a that's a heck of a reputation to have mm. if you like the reputation so some people get known as problem fixers and or, or or whatever this or that and they don't want it but that becomes such a huge part of their business that they seem to can't turn it away but mm-hmm. boy if you know what you're good at and like you're saying you're good at the and i've i've said you're working here with this horse skipper you know and and um not that he's a he's any trouble per se exactly but he he sure isn't um he sure isn't totally a clean slate Mm -hmm. for you to start with you know you got some particulars you're working on but you know the way you kind of work through some of his little moments there and you kind of help him out that's that's a talent that's pretty cool um so good for you yeah thank you that's awesome yeah no Mm -hmm. i i I try to i try to not to be that that trainer kelly and i are definitely not that kind of trainer you know where we say oh yeah just bring us anything. whatever you got <laughs> yep you know we we try to be pretty selective you know and and there's been there's been a few that we've turned turned down you know because yep. we said well I, you know we don't really do that you know it's you know i mean we we don't do we don't train reining we don't train english flat work or dressage or anything like that we don't specialize in those things but we, what we do specialize in is getting them moving, getting them thinking, getting them working with those feet. You yep. know, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here with you today. That's, yep. You know, that's the, this journey that I'm on is to find how I can help them figure out their feet and their mind connection. You know, something that is cool, John, is you are here. And this isn't your first clinic with me. You've been with me before. But there's very few trainers, professionals like yourself, that are willing to go invest in themselves more. Sometimes you get stuck in this little mindset, or a lot of people do, that 
hey, you know what, I'm, I'm already where I need to be. I got what I got going, and I'm mm. just going to stick to that. There's a lot of trainers that, and I'm not sh- saying everybody should, but there's a lot of people that get stuck in their little bubble, and they never leave the ranch. Oh, they, yeah. they never see see or seek any other knowledge or wisdom. Mm. What's really cool about you is you, you're here, and I have, we was joking, I have a clinic just an hour, hour and a half from you, <laughs> yeah. and you drove over here to North Dakota yeah. to hang out with me. Of course, you got friends here, yep. um, but... You know, you're willing to invest and put that time in uh, to to come learn and to continue to get education. And that mm-hmm. is such a valuable trait to have, that willingness to learn. I, I love to learn. I uh, I mean, if you all kn- only knew how many books I read and how much I study and podcasts and videos. And, you know, I'm always trying to improve myself. And so I have a high respect for people like you mm. that will show up and to a clinic yeah so. yeah kelly's joking always joking with me you know that she's when i have any free time i'm reading a book about horses or mm-hmm. i'm watching a, a show about horses or i'm listening to a podcast about horses <laughs> yeah <laughs> and she says you know that's all you do that's all we do every day why do you just you know want to watch that all the time and i said well because i, I want to get better yeah you know, and I, I want to, there's something out there that I'm searching for, you know, and that's why I'm drawn to people like Martin Black and, you know, things like that. You know, he's, and Stephen Peters, you know, it's uh, it, interesting stuff out there. The, you know, there's, there's so many resources. You said that a lot this weekend, that there's so many resources out there, good ones too. Why wouldn't you search, you know? And, and Kelly started doing the same thing. You know, she started, you know, kind of watching me and said, let me see that book. <laughs> there, you know, there's what, so what's many in things. that book yeah. there? <laughs> you can get better at anything. In mm-hmm. this day and age, there's no excuse to not get better. Whatever you want to do. If it's if it's knitting, well, you can learn how to knit off the Internet now. You know, your grandma doesn't have to teach you. You can watch YouTube. Yeah. And uh, But with horsemanship, mulemanship there's so many things i mean just i put out a lot of research just myself just mm-hmm. one he, one human being i put out a 10 i put all well, this podcast that we're doing right now yep. and and uh you know youtube videos and videos on the website and yep. you the know articles, I articles mm-hmm. and, and newsletter anyways i i try to do a lot mm-hmm. so people can learn because when you start learning this stuff you know um the, the more you share it, it seems like the more is is uh given Mm-hmm. The more you, the more you give, the more you get. It seems, oh, yeah. and uh, I, I'm not saying I do this for selfish reasons, but it just <laughs> seems like the more, the more I give, the more I learn. The the more I share, the more I learn, and you know that's why I'm here doing this clinic. So no, I I think that's amazing what you do for the you know for the the mule community. You know that these resources that you put out are invaluable. I mean, you don't know how many notes and things I've taken from those articles. And tried to apply them in my everyday life, not just when I'm around my mules or horses. My everyday life, you know, that yep. that's what I talk to a lot of people, friends of mine that are that are closer, friends, riders, you know, other people that are interested in horsemanship. Is I try to I try to show them, hey, you know, it doesn't just start at the when you when you get to the barn, you know, it it it's your whole day, it's yep. your whole life, you know. Mulemanship, horsemanship mm-hmm. is a lifestyle. It's got to be a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Hey, John, we're going to take a quick break right here. And when we come back, we're going to chat some more. Got some good stuff.
Hey friends, I want to thank our amazing sponsors over at the Boyd Ranch Mule Days. I've been going down to the Boyd Ranch just outside of sunny Wickenburg, Arizona uh, for the past couple of years. I've had a lot of fun doing clinics down there and I can't wait to go back in March. Boyd Ranch Mule Days is now the entire week of March 7th through the 13th, 2022. And of course, my clinic is three days long. That's the 7th through the 9th. Uh, along with my good friend, Mr. Chris Clark, who is a Grand Canyon uh, veteran. He's been down there, been packing many years, very experienced, and a great teacher. You'll enjoy learning from Chris as well. You know, they also got a driving clinic down there. And, uh, you know, I don't know a lot about driving. And uh, this is going to be fun to, to see what's going on over there. So there's some, they're covering some basic harnessing and driving single and double. You know, after three full days of clinicking between my clinic the packing clinic and the driving clinic then it's time to get out on the trail they got short medium long rides uh going on and also an ultra long wilderness ride they offer uh they got their famous trail obstacle course they they got their all-out mule ramble going on they're giving away ribbons prizes and i think they've even talked me into being the announcer for the event so i'm gonna have a blast there for sure every night there's there's food, good food. Uh, they got concerts going on, live music and dancing, and it's going to be a ton of fun, family friendly, and I just can't wait to be there. If you want to come to Boyd Ranch Mule Days, I'd love to see you there. Go visit boydranch.org for more information and to apply to join us. Hey, I can't wait to see you there. Looking forward to it. Hey, we want to thank our sponsors, Western Mule Magazine. Ben and Anita Tennyson do an amazing job with their magazine. I've been writing for them for a few years now, and uh, they're great. Look up westernmulemagazine.com and check them out. Okay, I'm back here with the one and only John Sklarski with Big Creek Horse and Mule, and uh, we just took a little break, and thank the sponsors and me and john had a pizza that's right oh and we let the truck cool down it was getting a little hot in here so a little humid huh yeah definitely all right so we were we were chatting about your training program and kind of what you do a little bit and and um we were talking about continuing education and how you you know it's pretty cool you're here learning you you come a long ways to learn here and so how did you like the clinic and i'm not i'm not like seeking i'm not i'm not like looking for uh you to tell me how great it was but what'd you, did you what'd you get out of it because you're a you're an intellectual type of fella you're you know you think a lot so what do you what did you find this week anything you're searching for that you found yeah um i i like the i i really enjoyed the clinic you know i always do i i always learn something um you know multiple things from these kind of clinics that you do um, what I mainly like the, the, the most is the way you explain things more about the intellect side of the horse, the way the horse thinks, you know, I think most people come to a clinic kind of searching for a move or the move, or mm -hmm. how do you do this and how do you do that? Yep. You know, and I now, you know, on this journey that, that we're on Kelly and I, you know, the more we do this stuff, the more 
it opens up a door, you know, a, a wormhole, yeah. <laughs> you know, you start, you know, you say, well, what about this? You know, how's this, how's this meal think, mm-hmm. you know, and why does it react that way when I do something this way, you know, or why does it shy away from me when I walk up to it? You know, it, am I, am I missing something, you know, and and those are those little things, those little hidden gems that I think I like. What I enjoy about your clinics the most is those little hidden gems, those those little tangents, if you will, you know, yeah. that we go on about. You know, sometimes somebody asks a simple question, but it ends up being a gem of an answer. So, you asked a lot of good questions this weekend. Thank you. You know, you asked about. <clears throat> Today you asked about the soak time and, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just quitting, is it? No. Yeah, you got to get them ready to, ready to quit and, and give them a, a good, a good chance to, to fail, mm-hmm. you know, is what I've noticed. Give them a good chance to, you know, make a mistake instead of micromanaging everything that we do with horses, you know, maybe let them, let them make a mistake and then you got to let them, you know, find the answer and then let them sit. And when you let them sit, you see it. You see it in their eyes. You can see it in their body language. And they let you know, yeah, I saw that. I got it. And it it works. That's magic. That's where the magic happens in this. Yeah. It's pretty cool to see that, isn't it? Yeah. I get to see that a lot, a lot in the clinics. If the folks will try, it'll come through like that. It's pretty cool to see. And then others you see that need it so bad they don't get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's everything in between. Yeah. So, you know, I, uh, like I said, I, I get trainers that come to these all over the world, right? And, and um, you, but I don't always get to have them on my podcast to ask them these type of questions. You know, usually the people, the guests I have on here are, are um, I don't know. I don't know if I should just use the word normal people, mm-hmm. not implying that you're not normal, <laughs> but just kind of everyday yeah. people that aren't, they're not trainers. Yeah. They're not trainers. That doesn't mean they're not horsemen mm-hmm. because I've, I've got a lot of friends that are not trainers, but they're horsemen. You know, I, I, I got a lot of people that I know that work super hard on one or two animals and those one or two animals are just supreme, you know. Boy, that'd be nice. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? I don't know what that's like either. I don't know um, what that's like. <laughs> but but just that you know that's their life. So mm-hmm. they go to work, they come home, they work on one or two two animals, oh. and that's you know it's pretty cool. Um, you know, one person that comes to mind is a, a lady from out in Washington, a good friend, Vicky Lawson. She was a mm-hmm. guest on the podcast. Did you hear her episode? Yep. British lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I always tease her about her accent. That she has the accent. We talk correctly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, anyways, like, like take her, for example. You know, she's a professor, works for a living. And she just has a couple of meals there that she focuses on, does a real good job. She's got a meal named Tube Socks Trudy, <laughs> little white sock meal. And, you know, she works really hard. And then I got another friend out in uh, Virginia the same way. She she just focuses on one or two meals and does the best she can. And great, great meal woman, you know. But you're a trainer, and you're working all kinds of stuff, and you, you know, you're in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the, what, what's a, a takeaway out of this clinic that you got that's gonna help you as a trainer 
um, in your business here. Mm. Did you get anything out of that? I, and I'm so all these questions, you guys. I'm just surprising John with them too. By the way, like, <laughs> yep. just, yeah, just this isn't scripted. <laughs> yep, <laughs> which is fine. You know, uh, I no, I think you know every time I come to one of these uh, anybody's clinic or anything that I read, you know, even if it's even if it's obscure, even if the book I know I'm gonna about to consume is gonna be you know, maybe not what I would normally want to read, mm-hmm. but I, I'm going into it with a very open mind. That's what's important. Go, go into this journey with an open mind, you know? So, you know, there, there's nothing there's, if you don't learn something from one of these clinics, you're not paying attention, you know, oh, yeah. even if, even if it's something that we've done a million times, it, I, you change, you evolve you know, as you do this, you know, I've, I've seen you evolve through the, through the years and everything, you know, back from when we were in Bishop and things, you know, Oh yeah. you did the little clinics in the round pen and stuff like that there, yep. you know, things were different. So we're always evolving. We're always changing. We're always improving, hopefully, you know? And, uh, you know, like I said, if you're, if you're not going in with an open mind, then you're going to miss you're going to miss opportunities to learn. Mm-hmm. You're going to miss all the, the subtle nuances of, you know, sometimes you just got to stop and look around at other people's mules and mm-hmm. kind of see, oh, yeah, look at that, you know. Mm-hmm. Look at that reaction. Mine doesn't do that, you know, or or I haven't had one do that, you know. Yep. Maybe I'm missing something, you know. Maybe I should look deeper. So I think we should learn from every horse or mule or donkey we come in contact mm-hmm. with. Now I can't always I can't always pinpoint what it is. Mm-hmm. Like you could say, well, what'd you learn from my horse? I'm like I don't know, man. Like, you know, <laughs> right? It, it's not yeah. like that. But no. but what it is is more experience. Mm-hmm. Um, doing it over again and over again and yep. seeing it over again, over again. You just you refine things and you sometimes, like I said, I can't always put a word to it. Um, yeah. But you know, like for me and doing these doing these clinics, it's. it's I put so much effort into learning and trying to be better, and I have evolved, like mm-hmm. you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't help it, it you know. And you're in the in your business of training for the public. You get different animals in all the mm-hmm. time, and then you are also working at a barn where you you have to share with other trainers and other people, yep. right? Yep. And so you see all kinds of stuff, and you know, boy, if we're not learning from them, if we're not if we're not mm-hmm. getting something from them, then. You know, I think we're we're wasting an opportunity. Oh yeah, definitely. So. I learned a lot about the donkey this weekend. That's for sure. <laughs> How'd you like working Gladys? It's, uh, it's her full different. name is is Gladass. Glad, yeah. Gladass donkey, right? <laughs> Gladys. So, yeah. how'd you like working with Gladys? It's very different. It's yeah. very different. But again, you know, we it was interesting what happened when we were work when I was working with that donkey. It it I wasn't searching for the move. I know mm-hmm. the move. I know what we should be doing. But yep. what were we talking about? Every time I said, hey, Ty, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. What's up with this? You know, what's happening here with this donkey? And we went off on tangents for a while about the the donkey's thought. You know, how they're very analytical. You know, they sit and they think. They got to have something, a reward out of this, a, a destination. You know, they're they they're efficient, right? They they don't just move to move like horses do, you know. I mean, shoot, it's easy to move a horse. 
you know mm-hmm. half half most of the horses that we work with it's i spend most of my time just getting them to slow down oh, well yeah. i spent a long time trying to get gladys just to speed up <laughs> <laughs> just no just move just move just, just move yeah. we'll accept yeah. any speed yeah. just move yep. yep so and they're just very it's very fascinating and it and it leaves me wanting you know to 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 do more with, mm-hmm. with a donkey. You know, I want to, I want to see, I want to see what, what, what can I get done? You know, I mean, you oh, were yeah. talking about your friends with the, with making bridal donkeys. Yep. That is the coolest thing that I ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, you know, that, that's pretty cool. And, yep. and just working with Gladys, you know, what was it yesterday or the day before? Yep. Um, you know, just working with her for a little bit, I'd say, wow, making a bridal donkey is going to be a challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to be really hard to do. So It is. Yeah. It is for sure. So, um, you know, you, you work with horses and mules. Mm-hmm. Do you get donkeys in training? We, we have, have a few, yeah. We've had a, we've had a few, um, but they were basically tune-up stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they were already saddle donkeys. They were already moving. You know, and typically, you know, they were they were heavy on the mouth. You know, somebody showed up, and I said, "Well, what do you ride this this donkey in?" And they, big old curb bit. You know, <laughs> big old, big old thing. You know, and I said, "Well, you know, have you ever just tried to ride it normal? You know, just in a snaffle bit or, or anything like that?" And they, oh no, I never thought about that. So we got along just fine. Mm-hmm. When I I gave her I gave her her head. I gave her opportunity to move. You know, they they do know how to move. You know, they you just they have to have something in it for them. That's what I learned about donkeys this weekend. Mm-hmm. And by working with the few, the very few that we've had, you know, they they really need to get something out of it. They do. They they got to get. There's got to be something in it for them. Mm-hmm. And not that they're selfish critters, but they got to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And uh, every time I pick up on a rein, or my lead rope. Or anytime I initiate any kind of move, I I got to keep in mind what is my mule, my donkey, my horse going to get out of this, mm-hmm. you know, and and the requirement is very small, release, yeah. just leave them alone, yeah, just leave the buggers alone, right? That's about all they need. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. That is really cool because yeah. we we require a lot more, you yeah. know, as humans. But they just hey, just leave me alone. Ask me, then leave me alone. Okay, yeah. I can do it. So I, I get a little bit of uh, backlash now and again um, because at my clinics, I allow mules, horses, and donkeys. Um, obviously, uh, I mean, it, you don't need to argue it much. Obviously, I'm prone to the mules. That is my that is my passion, and, and the mules are definitely my main expertise. And, you know, I have, I have experience with the mule 10 to 1 to the horse or the donkey. Yeah, 100 to 1 with the donkey, mm-hmm. you know. In a year, in a year, I'll have maybe five hundred, four or five hundred mules come through the clinic. The clinics, mm-hmm. I'll have maybe a hundred to two hundred horses, maybe twenty donkeys. Yeah. You wow. know what I mean? It's yep. not not near as many. Maybe you know less than one donkey per clinic on average, right? Mm-hmm. I do about thirty five clinics a year, about twenty donkeys a year. So, mm-hmm. anyways, um, but you notice I didn't do anything different. Per animal, I didn't say okay. Long ears do this. Yeah. Medium ears do this, and short ears do this. Mm-hmm. It was just all the same instruction and the same principles apply across the board. Um, is that how you go about it in your training program? Working with these critters, do you kind of have a 
you know, you just do what you do, or or you say, okay, here's donk, here's mule, here's a horse. This is what nope. I gotta do different. What no, do you think? no, we just ride them all the same. We just, we just, you know, and that goes to say even for equitations, you know, I mean, you know, mules, donkeys, and horses. We just, we just, if they're riding, we just ride them all the same. That's it. Same gear, you know, same saddle if it fits, of course, everything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing fancy. And uh, even with equitation, for instance, you know, if we get somebody that rides an English equitation, we don't do anything different for a while. I just, we put the foundation back to where we think it needs to be. You know, can they move the hips right? Can they move the shoulders right? You know, can they forward? Can they go stop? Well, you know, can they back up? You know, that's it. You know, if you can do all those things, well, if you can do them well, they can do anything, right? So we just ride them all the same. We don't change anything. Well, there's only so many... Remember today I mentioned there's only so many things you can do with one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you go forward, you uh-huh. go back, you go side to side, hopefully yep. not up and down. Hopefully not up and down. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, there's just a few things, yep. right? And um, some combination moves thereof, but... Yep. Yeah. Yeah, equine's an equine, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I want to shift gears a little bit, and uh, I told you to be... Th- this is one question I did tell you to prepare for. Mm-hmm. I wanted you to share a story about, well, anything you want. Yeah. Um, could be a, a crazy story. You're still alive, so you survived it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, it could be a, you know, a, a inspirational story. What did you think of? Did you come up with one? Yeah, I did. You know, I could... There's quite a few stories, uh, you know, some wrecks and things like that, but everybody's got a pretty good wreck story. <laughs> so it was something I was thinking about, you know, how good mules are. This is a good example of how good mules are. You know, we were at Bishop, I don't remember what year, but we were all there. And uh, we did a trail obstacle course, me and, and Kelly's mule. Uh, her name's Erin, Slim's Miss Erin. And uh, just a gambler's choice trail clinic. And, you know, remember they used to run that in that little skinny section of the track? Yep, yeah. yep, the, uh, the, <laughs> the the runaway section of the track yep. where it just goes out. Yep. yep. So they had it all set up there, and it was gambler's choice. So you can go in and you can pick, you know, you can do what? You can do obstacles in a row, or you can do them one at a time, but as long as you don't repeat them yeah, twice you can't, in a row. You, yeah, you couldn't do them. It's like I couldn't go over the mailbox again and then do it again. Yep. I'd have to go to the mailbox, and I'd have to go over yep. there and do the uh, the bridge, and then I'd come back to the mailbox. So this whole time, you know you know how it is. You know, you, they call your, your class starts at whatever time, and you sit there and you watch, mm-hmm. and you're like, all right. You forever. Know, yep, watch for, forever. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and you're, you know, you're thinking, okay, you know what? I could do this one and I can do that one. Well, I Strategizing, know, yep. I know she could do this one. So we're going to rock this one and I'm going to go back to that one and back to that one. And we're just going to gain points and we're going to be fine. So it's almost my turn. You know, I, I make sure my saddle cinched up nice, you know, and this is a very quiet, very calm mule. Very good on the trail, all that stuff. So my turn, I go in, I, clock starts i go through the first obstacle like a breeze all right we're, we're going second obstacle oh man we're really kicking butt and then i i said well remember remember the plan john <laughs> <laughs> remember just go through those first two you can do them good then cut over and do that one and i said nah 
we just went, we flew through those first ones. I, I'm sure we could do the third one. It's <laughs> a so, classic last word. Yep, because it's right there. I said, yeah, let's just do it. She's rocking right now. So I went to that third obstacle, and it looked very unassuming. It was just a jug on top of a pole. And all you had to do is grab the jug and move it to the next pole. So I grabbed the jug in record time. I stuck it next to her neck with my rein, and sure enough, in that jug was a pile of rocks or marbles or something. <laughs> it rattles. <laughs> yep. It rattled and make a huge noise, and she wasn't ready for that. She spun, cut back, and we went in record time back to the gate. <laughs> and when we got back to that gate, I didn't ask uh, her to stop. She stopped. She stopped, huh? Full bore, front feet stop. And that whole saddle and rigging, double rigging and everything, went straight up over her feet and her neck. Oh, jeez. And I kind of rolled off the side, almost went over the panel, and I jumped up, and she just laid there. Tied, basically, I had her So that saddle, saddle came over and she yep, fell down. Basically, she fell down. She kind of went down on her front feet, butt up in the air, saddles tied, tied to her neck, and <laughs> she just sat there. Gosh. It didn't thrash. You didn't... were itching for a britch. Yep, there, yeah. huh? <laughs> didn't, yep, yep. Too bad I didn't have a croup on or anything. But, yeah, she, she put the brakes on hard. And, you know, I, I got out and people are calling, oh, you know, get a knife. You know, cut that saddle off. I said, no, no, no. Wait, wait. She's fine. Just, I went over there real calm. I took my back cinch off, took the front cinch off. She popped up and I reset and we finished the class. Everything was fine. You know, and that, that told me, that was kind of early on when I first started riding mules with Kelly. It, it really gave me a, a, an idea about how patient the animal is and how, how thoughtful they are. She knew she was in trouble. But just instead of there and yep. Did you listen to my podcast, the McCook Debrief from last week? Yeah. No, not yet. No, I won't spoil it for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have not. And if anybody's listening, yeah. you haven't listened to McCook Debrief. There's a story in that one, too, about a patient mule, about a gentle mule that would just wait while oh. it's in, in quite a bind last week. Oh, good. I'm not the only one. No, you're not the only one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the deal was that, that year, but, you know, luckily it only happened to me that once. But I saw that happen a couple of times that, that bishop year. You know, so. when I started riding Bronx in high school, my second high school rodeo ever, uh, oh, she's my third high school rodeo ever. Um, Nephi, Utah, which is not far from where I live now. Get on this horse and on my head, buck across the arena. I'm making it. I'm, I'm making it. I'm a mm -hmm. high school kid, right? Like, woo, yeah, yeah I'm making yeah. it. I'm making it. You know, yep. about six seconds, my saddle comes over the front of that bronc's oh, head. Because no. it, it's burying its head as it jumps and mm -hmm. kicks, right? And my saddle just goes right over. I ride my saddle straight to the ground. <laughs> And I just smack the ground, and I'm I'm still in my I'm I'm still in my both stirrups, and uh, looking like, what just happened? My rear cinch busted. Oh, and my saddle was just that quick yep. and dumped me off. And man, is this what bronc riding is gonna be like? It's gonna be a little rough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I've yeah. been there, you yeah, know, and where I learned to, where I learned to, trust but verify, mm -hmm. was when I was helping my dad ride colts. Yeah. <laughs> so. I was in the round pen, and he saddled up my mule. It was this little red colt. I don't remember what it's called or anything, but little red colt. And this is back when I just got on what Dad told me to get on, okay? Mm -hmm. So he saddles up for me, rigs up. I just walk out there and step on. 
and this mule lights it up <laughs> like it's it's lights out i mean it's it's going right now you know it's bucking yep. and it dumps me in the saddle right off thanks dad uh, well it dumps <laughs> it dumps me off and it dumps the saddle off the reason mm-hmm. i come off is it just like you're saying the saddle came up on the mule's neck and of course i'm i'm done at that point mm-hmm. in this mule and it just thrashes around till the saddle comes over its head and and uh, I get off, and I'm a little bit huffy to my dad. Like, why don't you check the cinch? Mm-hmm. It's like it's your job to check the cinch. <laughs> if you ride it, you check the cinch. Like it's like just matter of fact, check your cinch, your mm-hmm. own. I'm like, <laughs> that's right. Keep in mind, I'm like ten. Yeah, I'm like a ten year old. Yeah, but Didn't... you never forgot that lesson. Nope, <laughs> I have not. And I check my cinch, and I tell my kids. Check your cinches. Like I'll saddle, like I still saddle up Swayze's mule, of course, and Ellie's mm-hmm. tries to saddle up her mule. She mm-hmm. can't quite get it, but almost. But I say, check your cinch where you get on. Yep. So, absolutely. That's what. There's a lot of wrecks at Bishop. Oh yeah. Yep. There's wild stuff at Bishop. I've oh, yeah. seen some crazy stuff. They're yeah. seeing the driving events. Boy, oh yeah, are... the driving events are dangerous. I've seen a lot of wrecks in there. The pack scramble seems to get a lot of reputation, but there's really not. It's not that bad anymore. I don't the know other how stuff. people don't get hurt in that pack scramble. That's another test for some pretty swift mules. They're all <laughs> dodging out humans. Yeah, and... I mean, they're just dodging everybody out there. People are running around like crazy, swinging T- their arms. and <laughs> Tell, our, tell our, our friends listening here, tell them what the pack scramble is, if they don't know. Tell, <laughs> tell them about it. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's an interesting event, that's for sure. The... Have you ever done it? No, I haven't. I haven't. Me neither. I don't got the guts. Nope. <laughs> I don't think I'm that. I'm not that quick at tying the box hitch or the diamond. Yep. <laughs> so, I, I got. I still have to think about it every time I put a pack together, and it's been a while now. Yep. So, no, it's a. It's a. It's a cool event. That uh, it's fun. You know, they basically it's all the mule teams, all the pack stations, have all their mules down from the pack stations, and it's a timed event. They're all out there in the big arena. You bring them all in with all the saddles and, and and packs on and everything. Everything gets unpacked and stacked, and then they basically mix them all up. They fire uh, off a, a cap gun or something, and they get all these mules and horses all from all the different pack stations running around free. No halters on, no gear on, nothing. They get them all mixed up there, and they're shooting guns. Yep, shooting guns. They're and, making ruckus. Yep, yep, and the crowd's wild. Yep, and the music is blaring. Yep, this is the big event there, so they really they really hoop it up pretty good. Yeah, yeah, they get all those horses and mules mixed up in there, and then so, instead of bull riding, they do the packs. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> pretty entertaining, and, it, oh, and yeah. it it doesn't it doesn't happen fast either. That's a long event. It is. You know, long, I mean, yeah. that's a long event there. You know it. Everybody's got a basically the the theory mm-hmm. <laughs> is you're you know if you're the pack master you're gonna go out and try to catch your bell mare you know the the lead mare from your group and then usually not always <laughs> the mules from that pack station kind of follow that bell mare right you hope so you hope they, so they hope so yep you hope so and. So they get them all gathered, you know, usually there's a couple strays, sometimes, occasionally, you know, they, you think you got them all gathered, but you actually gathered a mule from a different pack station. Mm-hmm. I've seen that happen several yep. times. You got to repack all that gear, get everything tied on, and it's obscure stuff, too, a oh, lot yeah, of the times. barrels and chairs. Yeah. Lawn and chairs and coolers. And... And <laughs> so you got to get all that stuff tied up, 
on on well and then you got to take that whole big loop around that whole outdoor arena the craziest part though is is so while they're catching while they're catching everything and loading everything they have the gates closed but once the mm. first the the first team to be oh, on yeah. and pack <laughs> and they nod their yep. head they open the gates but then the gates stay open right so if you don't have your mules caught yep bye-bye yep yeah they, they, they leave follow. it's 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 cr- so i've seen many times those mules just bye-bye they're heading out yep that's right. or, or the whole pack <laughs> the whole pack string is not done up and they see all these things running and i've seen a whole pack string just run tear out for people's hands and and the they just go around the track yep. and they'll come back they ain't going anywhere but it's it amazes me that that people actually are able to win that event it's wild you know that they could actually get all those mules from the right pack station and get them all packed with all the proper gear and then actually make it around that track you know uh, a guy i want to have on here he come out to my clinic in dunnigan california's mm-hmm. andy acerto acerado i can't remember his last name mm-hmm. i just remember it had ass in it <laughs> <laughs> but, because he's like i oh, remember me yeah, I'm, yeah. anyways and, but he he He's the tall, skinny guy that packs for Rock Creek Pack Station. Oh, oh Big yeah. Hat, you know oh, what yeah. I mean? Yep. Anyways, I'd like to have him on here because He'd be you know, he's been part guy. of that Rock Creek Pack, you know, their team for a long time. And, sure. And uh, quite the guy. But, yeah, Bishop's a good time, isn't it? Yeah, it is. There's yeah. some interesting characters there. I, I miss going there a lot, you know. When's the last time you went? Uh, I think it was 2016, hmm. I believe. 2015 or 2016 was the last. All right, good times. Yep. All right, so um, now I want to, at the end of my podcast, and I won't take up much more of your time, we'll go sit with the family here, and they got a fire going out there, it looks like. Yep. They're having fun, but so we'll we'll wrap this up here. Um, I, I like to ask all my guests, is there any advice that you would give individuals that are involved in this mulemanship journey? Um, mm-hmm. What would you? What kind of advice would you give them? What would you tell them? You know, go out and try. You know, go out and learn. You got to gather knowledge. Don't be afraid. You know, don't overanalyze things either. You know, that's a big one. Because I think a lot of these, you know, friends of ours that 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 are coming to these clinics, you know, they they seem to be searching for the answer. You know, they they're looking at at you, Ty, for the answer you know how do i do this or my mule does this when really the answer might be in them you know they have to find that they have to find the 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 time right and the ability you know there's no magic pill for it you got to put the time in and you got to try you got to really honestly try and we were talking about work ethic Mm -hmm. work ethic is is probably the the key to this if you want a great mule you got to put the time in and you got to be willing to fall down on your face be drugged through the mud (laughs) you know you got to be willing to do it you know i mean it's not easy you know there's days you know that that we train for the public and we get beat stepped on stomped kicked smashed drugged you know I don't, not saying that everybody should do it like that, you know, of course, you know, be safe. I don't want anybody to get hurt, but go out there and get some knowledge and try. Mm. There's so many resources like we, like we've been saying. Oh yeah. That's good stuff, John. 
you found out this week how much I respect work work ethic. Yes, <laughs> that is my. You show up and work, man. Yep. And you did it. You showed up here and you worked your butt off. I appreciate you doing that. Yes, sir. I like it. Yeah. So, well, is there anything else you'd like to say? I um. I do need to. Where where can these folks find you? Uh, we have uh, on Facebook mainly. Uh, thanks to Kelly, she yep. runs a great Big Facebook Creek site. Horse yep. and Mule. Big Creek Horse and Mule on Facebook. Um, and then uh, of course, give us a call too. Our phone numbers are on there. We try to respond as 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 best as we can. Uh, if we don't answer, leave a message. So we'll get back to you. Yeah. Yeah, if you're looking for a good trainer, you guys, in Minnesota or, you know, the Wisconsin area or North Dakota, I mean, you guys, mm-hmm. it's all pretty close. We're only five hours from you, right? Or yeah. Right here. So, yep. and this whole area, that's plenty close. I mean, so, yeah, give, look these guys up. John does a dang good job. And, you know, you guys know I don't say that about everybody, so. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, that. You bet. Thank you. So. Well, we'll wrap it up and go hang out with the family. What do you say? Sounds good. Hey, thanks, John. I appreciate you doing this. Thanks, Ty. Yep. I need to thank my friend, Mr. Ben Lewis at Roman Home. Mr. Ben has designed a really awesome tent. It's a cross between a wall tent and a range teepee. It's built to take tough weather, high winds, craftsmanship is amazing and it's made right here in the usa right here in utah usa and uh right now ben has a special going on you can save 500 bucks and uh go to romanhome.com roman spelled r-o-a-m-i-n romanhome.com and uh tell ben hello tell him ty sent you